0: Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Linux After Dark. I'm Joe. I'm Chris. I'm Gary. And I'm Dalton. Welcome back, chaps. So today I want to talk about encryption and government's attacks on encryption. In the UK, we've got the online safety bill, which is seemingly finally about to happen and become law and become the online safety act. You've got one in America as well that's like the child online safety bill or something. There's various attempts all around the world anyway. And it's all about think of the children. And it's got noble goals, but these people have no clue about the technology. And they say, oh, it's not a backdoor. We just want to be able to intercept people's communications. And so, obviously, we all agree that it's terrible. Anyone who knows about this stuff just knows inherently you cannot have a backdoor that is only available to one person. But the question... Is more, are they really going to do this? And if they do do it, what's going to happen? Are the likes of Meta and Signal going to just withdraw from the UK? And what happens to open source free software projects if this becomes law?
1: If it does get voted in, I suppose the long process of challenging it in court in every possible jurisdiction starts, which will delay its implementation for at least a few years if it actually does survive the courts. And after that, you might just have a new government that is willing to repeal (laughs) it.
2: (laughs) Possibly. Getting people engaged with the topic is difficult. I saw that Meredith Whitaker was doing the rounds of UK media a month or two ago, trying to talk about why this was bad. And even she got a front page note to an editorial in the Telegraph, I think, which um, was critical of the government. And it's just getting people to understand is actually quite hard. That's why the conversation continues, because the technological aspect of it, it's hard to convey to people. I always say to people, like, this doesn't work. The, The foundations of being a digital citizen in 2023 rely on solid encryption for everything that we've moved to for online to save money on employing humans. And that's how I try and get it through to people. But people are more swayed by the terrorism, children, everything's going to be terrible and we need to know what's happening all the
0: time angle. It just feels too late to me. I think this is going to happen. And I worry about what it means for open source software. It's going to be removed from the likes of GitHub or Repos will be blocked in certain jurisdictions. And I don't share your confidence anymore, Dalton. I used to. I used to think there's no way they can do this. But now I'm starting to think that they really are going to get away with it. And we have to really start making some plans. You look at them pumping shit into the sea
2: in this country, just unbridled, and they don't care. And there is now a kind of legal challenge against it coming. But Things are happening now without any checks and balances. And terrorism is a big thing. If you speak to people who are in the police, as the years have gone by, things that were introduced to be you know, extreme measures that required the signing off of multiple very important people have now just become, there's an event that we want to clear people off the streets for. Terrorism means we can just chuck them in prison for the weekend so that nobody has to think about them. So I do, I do share that Kind of dystopian future with you, Joe. I think we are at a point, and yeah, maybe as Dalton says, a change of government, but I think it's just uh, (laughs) one thing for another. I don't think it's going to be a revolution. But that's the worry. We are living in an era where they will just pass things through, and I worry that there won't be enough pushback.
3: I'm also not even sure that there is the requisite levels of knowledge in government or in some public sector organizations to do a decent job of it. like Just in the last week, there have been three police forces across the UK and Northern Ireland leaking details of officers' names and addresses and stuff. And if that's the kind of basic things that we're getting wrong, I just don't have the faith that even if this did get in, it would be done in any way that would mean that yeah, the back door wouldn't get leaked immediately or whatever.
1: Right, of course. It's just an unreasonable position to think that This is a tenable thing that can exist, and if implemented, it would probably just become a massive shitshow that eventually gets dropped and hopefully forgotten by the annals of time. I mean, I share the same dystopian views as you, no doubt about that, about human rights being eroded, but I think that maybe the optimism is that it's just going to be so bad and useless that no one is actually going to use it, even if it is law. Because the idea that encryption can be backdoored for one person is simply untenable and only comes from misunderstanding the technology. All of it does. So you can't come from a position of knowing how the technology works and have someone who doesn't understand how it works and doesn't want to understand it change their position on it.
2: Well, also, I don't think there's been a good precedent set. You know, the UK intelligence services have collected petabytes upon petabytes of unencrypted communication that they just don't have the manpower to sift through and have missed loads of stuff, even though they could have seen it in plain sight. So the argument doesn't hold weight anyway. Even if they put a back door in and were able to use it, all it would do would make everything shit for everyone else. <laughs> and they still wouldn't get anything useful because they just sit on cold data already that is just no human resources could actually get through with the amount of people that they've got
0: for eyes on it. What about the likes of Meta and Signal just leaving the UK market? Do you believe the, uh, the threat? Because I do. Well, Will it be
2: a bit like Telegram, except without the ability to have encryption? Would that be how they would eventually get around it? They would say, <laughs>
0: anything you send on this platform is not end-to-end encrypted anymore. I don't know, because Meta are not above not being available in a market. Look at Threads, their Twitter clone, which is doing terribly and makes me very amused. But nevertheless, that is not available in Europe. And I saw someone posting about how they they were American, they signed up for it. They went on holiday to somewhere in mainland Europe, accidentally opened the app, and then just got immediately banned, like perma-banned from the app. (laughs) So Meta are pretty serious about that. So it seems like they could just pull WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger from the UK. Good luck to them.
3: Well, if they did that, that would wake people up, wouldn't it? I think it would, but then it's a bit like closing the stable door after the horse has bolted, isn't it?
0: Not if everyone marches on Parliament, like five million people come to London and say, look, we want WhatsApp back. I want to talk to my (laughs) mum. The way I've always looked at it, I feel
2: like the back doors are already there in a lot of things. Like when WhatsApp started coming up and saying, you know, when they first put end-to-end encryption in and they, was, they said, we're very serious here, you can scan a QR code on the other end. I don't trust that, I'm afraid. I still think that if they were really, really pushed, there's a backdoor in that. I just don't trust them enough. You don't
0: believe that it's properly end-to-end encrypted, WhatsApp?
3: No, I don't. Me neither. I don't really trust that I'm not the person doing the key exchange. At some point, that key presumably traverses a Facebook server somewhere or a Meta server somewhere. So there has to be some kind of backdoor in it. I can't see how there wouldn't be.
2: I just keep thinking back to everything that happened with Snowden, and I just think unless we're able to really verify how the encryption is working in full, fully open then you just can't trust it. So luckily, I'm not in a position where that is a big fear for me at the moment, but it certainly wouldn't be a platform that I'd be using if I was living under a overtly oppressive regime. I wouldn't want to be using that and think that I'm safe to use it.
1: Of course, and that's exactly the problem. Are you saying who's in charge of this country?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Joe. We're not there yet, but
0: we could be, given given a few more years. <laughs> it doesn't feel that far off, man. If they manage to somehow win this
1: next election, then uh, it's uh, looking pretty bad, I think. Having the right to use good encryption isn't about being a dissident or having nothing to hide, as I'm sure you know, but people would probably accuse us of saying in that moment. It's about if something does go wrong, we have the tools that we need to be able to resolve the situation. Or if a business deal has to go through, or whatever it is for whoever it is, whether it's moving money or getting people to safety, encryption is important for more than just people with things to hide.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a very important point that we need to make. And as I say, like, it's the bedrock of some very mundane and boring things that we've digitalized fully, (laughs) <laughs> and you can't start undermining that. So perhaps that's what might happen. And you're right, we we start trying to roll this out and everyone's like, oh, that means that's broken now? Oh, that means that's not secure. Okay, no, let's let's not do this anymore.
1: And it'll only be after paying millions or billions of dollars to your government employees' friends, but you know
2: <laughs> I'm not sure I want to live through the sticky bit either. <laughs> <laughs>
1: may you always live in interesting
0: times so do you seriously not think that we'll get to a situation where certain open source projects will just be banned because they refuse to implement the backdoors
1: i mean in some places we're already there Uh, i think of github entirely banning users from iran and the middle eastern area yeah it's gonna be sticky for a bit absolutely but Either the projects are going to move or they're going to be put on hiatus until things clear up or someone underground is going to keep maintaining them. How though? Life uh, finds a way. Right, so some sort of self-hosted repositories then. It might go back to BBSs and Fidonet and stuff. I don't know. (laughs) Meet someone down a back alley with a
2: Macintosh full of
1: USB
0: sticks. (laughs) Okay, this episode is sponsored by Factor. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor can help you fuel up fast with chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy this fall to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavour and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat them up and enjoy. Level up with Gourmet Plus options, prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter and asparagus. Dalton tried Factor and said the meals are delicious, nutritious and convenient. He said the smoothies are tasty too, which is impressive for their relatively low sugar and high fibre and protein content. So support the show and go to factormeals.com slash LAD50 and use code LAD50 to get 50% off. That's code LAD50 at factormeals.com slash LAD50 to get 50% off. Quick bit of admin then. First of all, thank you everyone who supports us with PayPal and Patreon. We really do appreciate that. If you want to join those people, you can go to linuxafterdark.net slash support. And for either 5 or $10 a month on Patreon, you can get an advert-free RSS feed of either just this show or all the shows in the Late Night Linux family. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can email show at linuxafterdark.net.
1: What are some things that you could do on a computer, but you absolutely refuse to?
2: And why? I don't have any cards registered on my phone for NFC. And for a while, I didn't have phones with NFC where that was a possibility, but I've got a Pixel now. So I could add my cards into the phone, like I've seen other people do, and just tap my phone for Oyster, for paying for everything. But I also, I don't have my fingerprint enrolled on my phone. And those are two things I've I've never done. And I, for some reason, I just don't want to do that.
0: How do you do banking without a fingerprint on your phone?
2: because i have a password manager and it asks me for random characters from a very very long password each time and i i put them in
0: all oh, right i used to have to do that before i got the pixel and i was on lineage and it wouldn't accept biometrics but now i've got the pixel totally stock it's brilliant i can just sign into my bank with the fingerprint and my wife is very skeptical i gave her the uh, the 3t first and then the six the one plus six and She refuses to put a fingerprint in it. And it's not out of any sort of privacy thing. It's because on Lineage, it doesn't work 100% of the time. So she's like, no, not having that. And she refuses to do any banking or anything. And uh, there's not a lot I want to do on a computer, but on a phone. I very much, I don't like doing stuff that isn't official banking apps, let's say. Like PayPal, I'll always just get the laptop out Mm. and make sure that Linux is totally up to date and Firefox is up to date and all the rest of it. What is it that you refuse to do, Dalton?
1: For a while, I wouldn't do any of the payment card things on a phone. But then, oh boy, this is the big reveal. I got an iPhone, and I tried it out, and I kind of don't like it. I'm probably going to take it off soon. But I guess I don't staunchly refuse to do it anymore, because I did it now.
0: Why don't you like it?
1: Well, you see, I always have this thing in my pocket called a wallet, and it has payment cards in it that already support NFC. So... There's really no point. I
2: also see a lot of people try and pay in front of me, especially at the self-checkout, and they just keep trying to use it, and it just doesn't work. And I'm like, why would you do this? You've wasted so much of your life trying to pay with this fucking phone. Just get your card out. It would have taken it first time, every time. I've, I've never had a problem just using the card. And because I don't have a fingerprint enrolled... It's more of a ball egg for me to unlock my phone to then tap the Google Wallet than it is to just get my wallet out and get the card out and tap it. Can we just go back to why you don't have a fingerprint enrolled? <laughs> There's just, honestly, it <laughs> We're is calling a bit... It is a bit weirdy superstitious, I think. Me and my wife are the same. Like, we've had fingerprint sensors on our phones for a number of generations. You know, they used to be on the back um, under the camera, and now most of them, they're under the screen... But yeah, when, when the wizard comes up, when you set up a new phone and it offers to do the fingerprint, I just skip it and I just don't add it in. It's just not something I want to do. For me, I associate having my fingerprint taken with being in trouble with the police.
0: Or visiting America. Yes,
2: that's true. <laughs> so it's, it has negative connotations and I just feel a bit weirded out by giving this device that identifying thing about me and i think of like demolition man where he plucks the eye out and scans it in the (laughs) the prison gate or various other sort of terrible b movies where they chop people's fingers off to use them for fingerprint scanners it's that kind of thing it's it's not fully rational i i completely see that but it's just not something i've ever done or or had a desire
1: to do do not dare to call demolition man a b movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they even pulled that gag in the 2016 doom remake uh, reboot i don't know what it was
0: well you're not missing anything with the pixel 7 because the fingerprint reader is
3: shit
1: oh my works god works about
0: 20 no. of the time oh dear
3: Yeah, it's the same on the 6A. Like, I reset it up about four times, assuming I'd done something wrong.
1: But no, it's just terrible. (laughs) I don't understand why we keep getting these things that no one asked for on computers. I guess that's the stuff that I don't do on a computer, is all the things that no one asked for.
2: Yeah, Face Unlock's another one. Never done that. I mean, I've never had an iPhone, so I think it's an iPhone thing. But
1: well, it's kind of nice, actually. Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and does it work with a mask on? I suppose people don't wear masks anymore.
1: You can turn it on to do that, but it says that it makes it less accurate or precise, whatever. Mm. It might unlock for someone else if you do that.
0: Have you tried holding the photo of yourself in front of it and seeing if that works? I haven't. I probably should, though. <laughs> yeah, I've heard <laughs> that it can work.
3: Well, the one thing that I never do on a phone, and absolutely refuse to, that I'm surprised none of you said, is order food in a restaurant. I've come to the restaurant, take my order. <laughs> like I don't want to sit there and scan your bloody QR code to see the menu and order it myself.
1: All right, granddad. Well, I'll accept it in like weather
3: spoons or something, but I'm not doing it in a proper restaurant. You know, here's
2: where I would defend it a little bit at the moment, because I'm walking around the area at the moment, looking at even like there's a small coffee hut in the park near where I live. The guy's having to tape his prices over on his printed board every couple of weeks because of the price of everything being all over the place. And the amount of waste of having to reprint or put like electrical tape over the prices, then handwrite it with a pen or print labels and stick it over so it looks awful. When the turnover of menus is quite high, I can kind of see, but I, I don't like it either. Like It's annoying and then... People can't get it to work and I'm handing my phone around to other people saying like, look at the menu on here, what do you want to eat?
3: Well, the thing that really bugs me about it is if I'm somewhere I've not been before, I'll ask for a recommendation from the waiter or the waitress. I can't do that in an app. Or like, if it's something I've not ordered before, I am i don't know what side goes best with it or whatever.
1: Oh, you're one of those people.
3: <sighs> There's the waiter then get their
2: phone out and scan the podcast <laughs> and show you on the
3: phone. Well, I just tend to avoid eating in places that have that now. Like, unless I'm just ordering a fry-up in a Weather Spins or something like that, I just won't go there. And also, I can't pay in cash, which annoys me.
1: See, I prefer to not make it someone else's problem, who is probably underpaid, to have to do all of that. I understand. It kind of sucks from the waitstaff's point of view, so... Ah, I get it.
3: But I think otherwise, I'm kind of more like you, Joe. There are things I won't do on the phone that I'll do on a real computer. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll never do any kind of online shopping on a phone just because I find it painful (laughs) to input all of the details. (laughs) And my wife uses her phone for absolutely everything. Like, she boots her laptop up maybe once a month to print something, but other than that, never uses it. Whereas, if I need to get any real work done or I need to write something, or I need to enter any sort of details. I'm grabbing a laptop every time. Well, there's one thing
0: that I'm the opposite, and that is catching up on my RSS feeds. And I must read probably these days 150 headlines a day, maybe 200. And I refuse to do that on my laptop or desktop. And we've talked about on Late Night Linux some RSS readers in the terminal recently, and you know it's quite tempting, but I just... Have that as a thing I do on my phone. And I've tried to do it on an iPad and an Android tablet, but for some reason, it's just something I do on my phone. And I don't, I cannot tell you why. It's just that's the thing I do on my phone and that's it.
3: I think for me, that kind of comes down to content consumption, though. And that is the one thing I do on my phone. Like if I'm consuming information or watching a YouTube video or whatever. Chances are I'm doing that on the phone or Chromecasting it or whatever. So I do get that. And also, how obviously you going to read headlines on the toilet if you don't do it on your phone, let's face it? Well, actually, more realistically,
0: in bed. I'm a very lazy man who wakes up and then spends at least half an hour in bed scrolling on my phone. And I know that's one of the worst possible things you can do for sleep hygiene, but I don't care and I'm very lazy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think the worst thing is when the choice is taken away. Thankfully, I actually just got a letter from the bank involved, but they completely removed their online banking website. So the only way to access your account was through an Android or iOS app. Oh, and I could not bear it. It was awful and my mother had an account with them and she was like How do I log in? It's like, you have to use your phone. She was running Lineage. It wouldn't work. So she literally could not access her credit card account until she bought a new phone or until I restored her phone back to stock. And that is really, really annoying. And they actually sent me a letter because I stopped using the card and they've noticed and they said, it's expired and we're not sending you a new one unless you ask. No, I don't fucking want it. It's shit. Take it away.
1: (laughs) Get this out of my sight.
0: (laughs) right well we'd better get out of here then we'll be back in a couple of weeks but until then i've been joe i've been chris i've been gary and
1: i've been dalton see you later